my intention is for this to be the most authentic, potent, and inspiring podcast that I've ever done. Not only that I've ever done, but that exists on the internet. I think this is going to be the best podcast anyone's ever watched. If you're watching this, it's going to change your fucking life and it's going to dramatically shift the way you think for a fact. So any other podcast you'd be watching right now would be a waste of time in comparison. It would be beneficial for people to watch this podcast once a month for the next year. And that will literally transform your entire life alone. If you did nothing else except watch this podcast, that's all you need to do. I agree. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So guys, I'm with, um, I'm with Marcel Klein. Marcel is the world's best hypnotist, success coach. He is responsible for changing the lives of millions of people around the world. Um, he's been doing this for a very long time, and he's also a dear friend of mine. And uh, here on this podcast, I like to have on guests that have transformed millions of lives, but have also transformed their own lives. So today, I want to get very vulnerable. I want to talk about Marcel's background. I want to talk about the people's lives that he's changed, and I want to change your life watching this. So let's buckle in and, and let's do it. Marcel, um, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited and, you know, I'm an open book. So anything anyone wants to know, anything you think they want to know, anything you want to know, ask me and I'm happy to, uh, to let it rip. I actually just did your Mental Millionaire event uh, that you invited me to. Um, you also hypnotized me earlier this year to be more successful and you, you single-handedly have actually changed my life, uh, probably more than anyone this year. Um, I've made several hundred thousand dollars more because of you this year. Uh, and it takes, it, it took the first time you hypnotized me. I didn't really believe in it. You know, I thought hypnotism is, you know, it's, I didn't think it was a scam, but I just thought it was like something that you do at like an after prom party. And we, we all we all thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. You thought the same thing. I I, I still have a hard time believing it sometimes. You know, it's just so shocking. It, it's crazy. I mean, you hypnotized me in 10 minutes. It took 10 minutes. I felt like a different person after you did it. And then I did the... Um, uh, mental millionaire. I did the mental millionaire. After you hypnotized me 10 minutes, I, I literally made an additional several hundred thousand dollars more mm -hmm. for my business that I previously it, it's a direct correlation like i know it happened then i did your mental millionaire event and um you literally put a new personality in my in my brain uh, it was yeah. the craziest you told me it was going to be a mind fuck and it was and um it, it it just shows how like i think uh one story that's really good is you were with recently one of the legends of personal development brian tracy mm -hmm. uh, who's written what 94 books yeah, and most of them are bestsellers. Best-selling personal development books. Yeah. You met him, and he said he's glad that he wasn't in personal development now because he'd have to compete with you. He, he literally said that. He, he looks at me and he goes, he's like, I'm so happy I got out of this business because the competition is getting fierce. And I said, yeah, you know, it's, you were still really good, though. He said, no, no, you don't understand. I think you're going to be one of the biggest speakers who ever lived. And I'm so happy that I left my legacy in time that I did because the competition's a lot greater. And, and that's what happens. I think competition always grows, you know. And when you look at competition, it's not that we're not on the same team. It's just that there are more advanced tools. There's more advanced technology. They get better results, uh, exponentially better results in a way shorter amount of time. I think a lot of people think that it takes a long time to change, right? We have normal therapy, we have normal psychiatry, and it takes years and years and years of self-reflection to change. Yesterday, I'm in my movie theater, I'm with a couple of my friends, and one of them went through something really traumatic when she was younger. She saw like someone get stabbed in the neck and you know, blood splitting out everywhere. She couldn't even see blood. And you know, she's unfortunately going through like 
a hard time right now with her parents. Uh, and anyways, not to get into too much detail, but she was very traumatized and we're watching a horror movie in my movie theater and it's her and it's one of her friends and we're, we're kind of watching it. And every time there's blood on the screen, she's horrified. So I just look at her. I say a few words. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember I said it at the right time, right when I saw she was in trance and she starts crying and she's like, Oh my God, no, did you just hypnotize me, which is exactly what I did. And I said, yes, I did. And she's like, I thought this was bullshit. And she's just crying. And she's like, oh my God, I don't even care. And there's blood all over the screen. She didn't give a shit. And that was literally like 12 hours ago. Mm. So, wow. you know, it happens all the time. You can We're just always remove it like that. You, you, can, you can change anything in an instant. Anything. Yeah. I mean, look, you fall in love in an instant. That's hypnosis. You, you decide to get a divorce in an instant. You decide to break up in an instant. You decide to quit your job in an instant. You decide to apply for something in an instant. You buy a car in an instant. There's a moment you said, I am going to do this. And in that moment when you do it, that moment may have taken you years to get to, but mm. there's a decision you make. And my job is to bring as many moments as possible into the shortest amount of time. So you can have the most dramatic shift that someone can have. Mm. And you've done it to me. You've done it to thousands, millions of people at this point through social media, through your programs, mm -hmm. uh, through your seminars, live seminars, where there's 400 people, 500 people in a room and you're just sitting there. I've seen it. You know, you're hypnotizing 400 people at a time. They're all just, it's crazy and you wouldn't think it's real, but it is. Yeah, I've I mean, seen you, I've seen you hypnotize people to quit smoking immediately, like in, in front of my eyes. Yeah. And the, and the fastest in the world of doing it. And yeah. it's the most permanent 30 seconds, 60 seconds. Someone's not going to smoke anymore. You know, and that's not the thing I do. I just like to show off on stage. I'm like, yeah. Oh, you've had an addiction for 50 years. Huh? Who here doesn't believe they could change? Great. I have a line of 15 people. I mean, it, I don't know any other speaker, any other coach in the world who has the confidence to do something like that. But I am so positive that what I do works that mm. I'll put 15 people up on stage and make every single one quit within 60 seconds, mm. you know, and no one has the balls to do that. And that's why I say I'm the best. So let's, let's go to how you got here, because as we both said, we started off, uh, both of us, and I'm sure many people watching right now yeah. just don't think it's real. And you didn't think hypno hypnosis was real? No, of course I not. I it's shocking. It was... It's it's mind-boggling. There's nothing that makes you think that someone could change dramatically. And I remember I'm 18 years old. I'm the biggest ignorant skeptic you could ever find. You know, I used to think hypnosis is is bullshit. And I was even hypnotized prior to that to get over a fear of mine. You know, I was playing football and we had 11 people on our team. And I don't know if you know anything about football, but you normally have 40 people and that's not even a lot. And we played every play four quarters, special teams, defense, offense, didn't matter. So you get injured. Everyone on the team was getting injured and it was traumatizing at the time. So our coach passes away and we dedicate the next season to our coach. And I didn't want to play. I wanted to play, but I didn't, I didn't have the balls. I, I was genuinely, everyone had like PTSD from this season. Everyone wow. was throwing up like anxiety. Like you couldn't imagine. Cause we're getting, we're getting seriously slaughtered by people like, yeah. like physically injured. You know, one of our teammates is coughing up blood someone's bone came out of their leg like it's just really crazy stuff and i get hypnotized by this hypnotist thought it was three minutes four minutes long and all of a sudden you know i wake up it's 40 minutes later i remember that i was scared but i can't remember what it felt like to this day it's been over 10 years now i like 11 years since i got hypnotized for that i still cannot remember what it felt like to be scared of this i cannot mm. remember and i remember we have our first game like two days later i go on the field you know, before, before we even get on the field, everyone's throwing up, shaking, nervous. I feel nothing. We get on the field, game's about to start. Normally at this point, I, my hands are sweating. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't want to play. Feel nothing. Mm. All of a sudden, you know, we're at halftime. I'm always like, oh my God, I have another half of this. Again, don't care. You know, play, didn't get injured, laying people out. I'm like, this is crazy. And that was me getting hypnotized one time for what was my biggest fear at the time. Mm. 
You know, then I end up seeing my friend get hypnotized on stage. No confidence, uh, you know, lack of a better term, a loser at the time. Gets hypnotized, comes off stage, super confident, ends up dating a girl, you know, that he gets with for the first time. He's never been with a woman, gets with a girl the first time that night. And then, you know, I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but now he's married. He's a multimillionaire, works for Facebook, and he's, he's just a beast. Like I'm, I mean, that changed his life. It so was, that opened your mind. I mean, I mean, you see someone go on stage, not confident, come off stage, super confident, more confident than me forever, forever. Yeah. And <laughs> to date, they're still just as confident, if not more confident than me, entrepreneurial, intelligent, sharp, you know, sober. And, and you just go, well, uh, there's something here. Like, uh, and at this point, you know, you have someone who's been traumatized their whole life. I have some people that come to me like, oh, I've been to therapy 10 years, 20 years. I can't get rid of this. And they come to me and 30 seconds later, it's gone, you know, and it's, I hate to laugh, but when people tell me they have problems, it's, it's almost like, huh, I don't even care what your problem is. What do you want? You know, like, I don't, I'm not here to listen to your problems. You want to talk about your problems and you want to keep your problems, go talk to a therapist. You want to get rid of them, you come to me. Mm. You know, I, I just, it's just so easy to fix someone's psychology that it's mind boggling that people think it's not possible. Mm. So you developed an interest in it after seeing some, some results yourself and seeing a friend oh, I had uh, to see change. if it was real. I'm like, you had to no, see if it was real. Yeah, I'm like, right. there's no way it's so real. So you started studying it almost to prove like, this isn't a real thing. I would push the boundaries so far that I had to see if things were possible. Cause I'm like, there's no way this would happen. So I, for example, I have two friends of mine kind of religious and you know how religion is. So they're, they were homophobic at the time, like super homophobic. And this is in 2018. And Jewish I'm, Christian is Jew, Jewish. Okay. Yeah. Jewish. They were, Jew, they were like super religious and Jews. homophobic. Yeah. Homophobic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know how religious Jews are. They won't even touch a woman's hand. Like it's like, yeah. that's off limits. And I just hypnotized them to be husband and husband. And, you know, and they're making out and one of them has a twin brother. He's like, fix my brother right now. What the fuck did you do? And I'm trying not to laugh because I'm so shocked. I'm like, there's no way this is working. I can't undo it. I can't tell them, hey, you're back to normal because I, I couldn't stop laughing. It was so crazy. And the more, you know, the more I'd laugh, the more angry his twin would get. And I was just shocked. I was like, there's no way this is real. And I realized like, holy shit, everything we were taught is, is wrong. We're taught when you learn hypnosis that you can't hypnotize someone to do something they don't want to do. Uh, you can't hypnotize someone who doesn't want to be hypnotized. And I just realized like there's all these limiting beliefs around it. And I think the reason we have these limiting beliefs is because the government and, you know, other people around us are constantly influencing us and, and mm. they are brainwashing us. And if you think you're not being brainwashed, you're brainwashed to think that mm. if you if you don't think that you could change quickly, you're brainwashed to think that, you know, you get into a car accident. What happens? You instantly changed. You no mm -hmm. longer like driving in cars. You know, you go through something super traumatic. You change instantly. Now, what's a positive change that happens instantly? You fall in love. You win mm -hmm. the lottery. Mm. You all of a sudden, you realize that your dreams are possible. You make more money than you've ever made overnight. And you're like, oh my God, in this moment, I realize I could do it. And you just keep doing it. And this, this is, even if you've never experienced this, is something that someone will experience. You will experience this eventually in your life, you know? And I think a lot of people hold themselves back because they don't realize how fast they can make these changes and how drastic their life can change if they just change their mind. Like your mind does everything. You change your mindset, your life will change in an instant. If I go back to when I was broke, I would be broke for maybe an hour and that would be it. I'd never be broke again. You know, and I give myself an hour max. I'd walk into a mall or something, bam, close a client, close another client, close another client, build the systems I have now within a month, be back where I'm at in terms of revenue. Mm. Which is millions a month. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. I closed the guy so for a million bucks last night and... Uh, I was doing a review with my sales team because they were complaining yesterday. So I like to go in and audit calls. I call people that, they, that didn't answer them. Second person I called, this is in front of my team. I'm just testing the water. Close the guy for 100K in 10 minutes. 100K in 10 minutes. He's going to fly into LA. I'm going to work with him one-on-one, -on -one, you know, just for, for one session. 
And I think like 20 minutes later, I end up talking to a guy and he's like, I want to pay you a million dollars to work with you for a year. I'm like, okay, I'll let you know. Right. If I want that, I have that right there. We took a $10,000 deposit. He's going to wire me. If I choose to accept them, he has to submit a bunch of stuff. I have to qualify him uh, to see if I actually want to work with him for a year. Mm. However, you know, I'm like, it's not hard to make money. It's only hard to make money. If you believe it's hard to make money, it's only hard to make money. If you think money is a lot, is a big deal. Like I can blow a million dollars in a week, maybe mm. less. Most people won't blow it in their whole life because they're, they, they're in scarcity. When you make more money, you know, my dad always said, when you don't have a million dollars, it's a lot of money. When you have a million dollars, it's not that much money. Mm. And that's the truth. The truth is the more money you have, the, the, less, the less value it, it holds because you realize how expensive the things you want to do really are. Mm. You know, no one wants to live in an apartment. No one wants to have a shitty car. Like you're like, oh, my goal is to have a nicer Hyundai. No, it's not. Mm. Your goal is to live in a bigger apartment. No, it's not. That's not your goal. That's just what you think is possible. Why don't you think bigger? And I think a lot of people struggle with that. If you could think bigger and you can get your mind wrapped around a bigger goal where you're making millions of dollars a month and you're living everything, you're living everything you want. You know, you wake up one morning, like you saw it. in one week, I bought a Ferrari and then I bought a GT3. You know, I have, I have a bunch of cars, no matter what, like I got broken into at a house, you know, your, your girlfriend's cousin's house, actually, mm. uh, three, three doors down and that street's always getting robbed. So I get robbed at 11 p.m. 7 a.m. I moved into my, my next house. Like, I'm not waiting. You know, like, mm. it's just, I think a lot of people have a lot of money. They value time. They take action. And it's just one of those things that most people don't, don't get is that they can make their life happen quickly. Like I went from living with my parents and broke to living in a mansion on my own and having, you know, I remember I bought my first Aston Martin DB11. I bought an AMG GT. I bought my dad the first Corvette C8. I had a coach working for me. I bought her another AMG GT. Uh, you know, all in three months, my life changed like that super dramatically. You know, mm -hmm. my income shifted, everything shifted just from a moment. I remember the moment that it happened as well. It was the moment I decided I'm going to go buy a car I couldn't afford. And bam, I just instantly made the money. Yeah. You know, yeah. so let's go back to those times where it was uh, not the Marcel that's sitting in front of me today. Uh, yeah. It is, but it was a different version. You were in a Mexican restaurant and you're sitting there with your mom so and I, your sister. Yeah, I, I drop out of college. And okay. I tell my parents, yeah, I'm, I'm dropping out of college uh, because I wanted to go all in on what I'm doing now and coaching. Mm -hmm. and, and I love this story because this is where a lot of people are right now. Yeah. You know, they want to pursue the thing that they believe in that's, that's burning in their heart, but they don't have the support of their parents. And that's hard. I've been there. And yeah, I, I, yeah let's, let's hear the story. Yeah. So, so my whole life, my mom's like, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. So she'd you know, ask her friends, what are you going to be when you grow up? And we'd say doctor. And then my sister would say lawyer. And she's actually a lawyer now, ironically, you know. But uh, she'd be like, you know, doctor, lawyer. And, and that was just kind of how I was brainwashed. And I remember being in school and I finished a year of college in high school. And then I finished my second year of college when I got out of high school. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't want to do this. This isn't helping me. All my friends are going to Cheesecake Factory and they're going out to bowling. Just things that aren't even that expensive. And I don't even have the money to go with them. Mm. I'm like, I don't like this. And my parents were not doing well financially. And I see how stressed they are all the time. I'm like, I have to help them out. I have to make money. And I... I just always had this self-belief in my, in me. Like I always believed in myself. You know, I, I, I know that no matter what, if I set my mind to something, I'll make it happen. I will not settle for less. I'm stubborn that way. And anyways, I, I drop out of college and I go to lunch with my parents, my mom, my dad, and my sister, and my mom, and my sister are just getting on me. My mom's like, I failed you as a parent, you know, like how embarrassing my son's going to be a loser. You're never going to make any money. You know, she's just, she's vividly upset that I've dropped out of college and, you know, deep down, I was, I was hurt by it because the whole thing was I was doing this for them. Like my motivation was to help them financially. And 
I remember like towards the end of the lunch, I was noticeably like getting pissed and I wanted to just get the fuck out of lunch. And my dad goes, look, you know, try it out for a year. And if it doesn't work, you know, go back to school. And I said, I'm never gonna go back to school, but you know, I appreciate it. <laughs> and the next day I got my first client to pay me for a month uh, for her and her son, $2,800. So I had this check for $2,800. And to me, I was like, holy shit, $2,800, you know? And I wasn't thinking about the fact that it was a month. I was thinking about the fact that I got paid that in one day. I'm like, oh, I made $2,800 in a day. If I could do this every day, I'd be at a million a month. And that started to motivate me. And then I got another person who was paying me $750 a week. And then, you know, I started to figure it out. And I remember I'm on the phone with someone trying to sell her for $500 a session. And she hears $5,000 a month. So I said, it's $500. But I didn't say a session. I just said $500 because I assume that's, that's what she thought. She goes, okay, so it's 5,000 for the month. And I go, oh shit, yeah. I didn't say, oh shit, but in my mind, I'm like, oh shit. And I go, yeah. And she pays me 5K. And I was like, oh my God, I just made $5,000 for four sessions. I guess I could start charging this. You know, mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the next person I talk to, I go, 8,000. And then 10,000. <laughs> and then 20,000. Yeah. And it just kept kind of growing. And you know, when I think about it, like reminiscing, holy shit, that's just a lot of money, right? Like 10K is a lot of money. And I think about how I view 15 or $20,000 now, I view it like a piece of shit, like plastic bottle, you know? And I'm, I'm like, damn, I, I really got jaded to these, uh, to, to this number, but going back to when that made a big difference, like for people here who aren't making a lot of money yet, wow, that 10 K could be, it could be night or day, you know, that 20 K could be, I know you made like 20 K yesterday yourself, you know, but it could be huge. You know, how do you feel about money now? It's abundant. Yeah, certainly abundant. And I grew, I'm someone who grew up with very limiting beliefs around money. Yeah. You know? And now the, the attitude that is really just like, if you spend it, if I spend it, I can make it back. And the amount you spend is, is, uh, uh, an affirmation to yourself of what you can make back. Yeah. I always say yeah. the more you spend, the more you make, right? Cause yeah. someone who's willing to spend the money believes what about making it? They believe they're going to make more. Someone who's not willing to spend is telling their mind, I don't believe I'm going to make it. And if you don't believe you're going to make it and that's what you're focused on, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to make the money. You're going to yeah. spend all your mental capital on focusing on where it's going, your bills. You're not going to make your, you know, you're not going to make your rent horrible mindset. Mm -hmm. And that's the mindset that stifles you. But if you say, Hey, I'm going to buy this car and you don't say I can't afford it. You say, okay, how can I make it happen? I want to go do this thing. How can I make it happen? Mm. And you're not ignorant. You're willing to just go into that headspace. And you just will, you're willing to take the risk. You know, you're confident enough to say, okay, I'm willing to spend everything in my bank account and see if I can make it back. If you do that, mm -hmm. you will, you know, put yourself in a corner. But the biggest issue I find people have is that they have a lack of confidence. They don't believe in themselves. So they're not willing to take the risk. And you know, they're, if they do it, they do it to prove that yeah, you see it didn't work. Mm. You know, they're not doing it because they truly mean it. Like the intent isn't actually to make more. The intent is just to prove that it didn't work for and them. And why do they do that? Because, you know, deep down they believe they're more confident that it's easier to be broke than it is to be rich. They're more confident mm. that it's harder to make money than it is that it's easier to make money. I actually think And they're trying to prove that to themselves. Their mind doesn't care about their happiness or their success. Their mind cares about being right. Mm. And that's why I always tell people if you're programmed to be successful, success is inevitable. If you're not programmed for success, success is impossible. So if your mind believes that you're not going to win, you won't, period. You know, I think Henry Ford says this. He says, that whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And it's true. Whatever you believe is true. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's always a shift in a belief. And when your mindset expands, so does every area of your life. Everything. Anyone watching this really needs to know that you can have whatever it is you want. If, if I talk about money and there's something inside you that gets triggered, 
It's because there probably is an insecurity mm. deep down that says, I don't believe I can make this. And that very insecurity is the very thing stopping you from making it. The people, the people listening to this podcast that are getting triggered right now, because even talking about just having confidence, just because you can just decide that you have confidence or spending money on something just because you decide you can, there's going to be people that are triggered by that idea. What do you tell someone who literally has $0 in their bank account, who, who literally, who actually, let's go further, is in debt, $100,000. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at you like, Marcel, I don't even have money to spend. How can you tell me that I can just be confident? I've never made more than you know, $2,000 in a month. And whatever, I'm 16. And they're just pounding you with his, these excuses. Yeah, I would just say, you know, you're so resourceful at being not resourceful. You're so confident you're not confident, right? Like you're so sure that you're not good enough. You're so sure you're not going to make it happen. If that's what you want, you want, I'm not going to argue with you. you if you want to prove to me that that's what your life looks like, no problem. They have a lot of energy to write a long comment on this reel or this, this, this yeah. podcast right now and be like, this isn't true. Duh, duh, duh. Like, wow. Yeah. Channel that energy into making your own podcast. You yeah. got a phone clearly. Look, I mean, I, like you saw me respond to a, I almost don't really respond to comments, but I, I made a video about how I won't clean my room. I won't make my bed. I won't cook. I won't waste time doing any of these things. Yeah. And you know, someone's like, no, it's just cause you're lazy. Now I'm the opposite of lazy. I really am not lazy. You don't get to where you're at financially. If you're lazy, you don't get to the skill set If you're lazy, it's just a fact. You know, and I, I always tell people laziness isn't about not wanting to go pick up a broom and mop or pick up a shovel and dig. Laziness is not wanting to think outside the box. It's not sitting there spending the time to think about it. You may not know how you're going to make more money. You may not know how you're going to go to the next level, right? However, if you sat there and you thought about it and you weren't lazy, you weren't like, ah, how am I going to do it? You didn't go, how am I going to do it? And then give up. You just kept going. You're going to find the answer. And, you know, we respond to this guy. And I told him, I'm like, look, I'd rather be lazy and rich than, than hardworking and broke. And that's just the truth. People have this mentality of like they need hardworking equals money. No, it's not hardworking. It's efficient working, effective action, taking action that produces a massive result and doing a lot of that. that. Okay, you can work hard at things that are effective, but sitting there cooking, making your bed, all that. How does that produce more money? How does that make you more money? How does you going out spending three hours a week in the grocery store make you more money? How does you over every month spending, you know, a total of maybe three hours making your bed and another 10 hours cleaning your house make you more money? It doesn't. I'd rather give my maid the the money. I'd rather give my chef the money. I'd rather give my assistants the money and then focus on making more. You know, I was talking to someone today that I was coaching and I'm like, look, I spent $75 a reel. I post about three reels a day. And he's like, that's a lot. Wow. I'm like, if I only close one guy a month, it takes 66 days for me to get 15K worth of reels. That's how much it'll cost. 66 days. So two months. If I only close one guy for 15K, which is really horrible, in two months, I made my money back. It's really not that hard when you think and about it. And not only it, did you make the money back, but you got, it's like a billboard for millions of people. Yeah, you built all the attention. You grew yeah. the audience. Yeah, you built the following. You're building loyal following that might not close in that 66 days, but could close beyond. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it, it, people have very short-term thinking. They have no foresight. They don't see the consequence of their actions. Like you sit there and I have a marijuana farm, so I have a bias, okay? I literally have a marijuana farm and I tell people don't smoke weed because weed is the worst drug you could possibly do. People are like, well, no, it's not. Yes, it is. It destroys long-term and short-term memory centers of the brain. It fries your brain. It puts holes in your brain. So your brain becomes Swiss cheese. You cannot think cognitively. You cannot produce motivation. And you sit there and you ask yourself, well, no, weed's good for me. And I bet you there's a whole army of people right now that go, oh, weed is fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weed is fine because I also take Adderall. Yeah. Right? 
Like, yeah. Or like, hey, why do you Elon, need Adderall? Though? Elon Musk smokes weed. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, is Elon Musk confident? Is he really happy? Mm. No, he's rich. If you mm. want to optimize your life for money, that's fine. You can get away with it. Mm. But if you want to optimize your life for balance and you want to have connections and you want to be happy and you want to have fun, awesome. Mm. Can you respect Elon? Yeah, he's the most successful man on the planet. Yeah. He did not care what anyone says. He's brilliant. Do I think that he should smoke weed? No, he's too smart to be doing something that dumb. Really, he's too smart to be doing something so stupid. And most people don't have foresight. They're not looking forward. What is this doing to my brain in 10 years? What is this doing to my future in 10 years? They don't think. You know, you and I spend time, we drink out of fucking glass because we care about our health so much. Out of glass, we spend an extra $30 on a steak. Instead of it being 15, we spend 50 or 45. So it's organic, grass-fed, grass-finished, right? We eat at the nicest, most expensive restaurants that have the most premium food. Why? Because we care about our health. Most people don't, you know, people sit there and like, oh, I, I'm into health and they go do cocaine on the weekend. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're a liar. And most people are fucking hypocrites. They're full of shit. Everything they say is a lie. They lie to themselves to feel better. They don't actually mean they don't need to take action. And that's why they never move anywhere. No, I'm really healthy. No, you're not. Mm. Hey, you know why you're in shape? You're not in shape because you want to be in shape because you care about your health. You're in shape because you care about how you look and you're insecure. And that's why you go do cocaine on the weekends and drink a bunch of alcohol. That's why you care about the sauna. Well, why don't you do it for a different reason? Why don't you do it for health? They don't. And that's, I cannot stand people who are inconsistent. Don't, do not lie to me. Like, if I don't clean my bed, I'm never going to clean my bed. It's just not something I'm going to do. If I'm happy and, you know, I'm not going to be, be here and be like, oh, yeah, I only drink out of glass on camera and then leave and then go to a restaurant and drink tap water. I'm not going to do it. I would rather be dehydrated than drink tap water. Right. So at the same time, if you're going to do something, do it all the time. Mm -hmm. People just lie to themselves like they'll be like, oh, well, one day I do this. One day I do that. No. You know, and look, there are times where I'll go out to dinner and I'll have a fucking cheesecake. I'll have dessert. Should I? Fuck no. Do I know it? Yeah. At least I know I'm not doing something healthy. I'm not going to sit there and lie to myself. Well, it's okay. It's just one time. No, it's not okay ever. It's never okay. I'm just doing it. I know it's not healthy, but, you know, I still do it. So at the same time, I think a lot of people have to focus on on themselves in a consistent way. If you're not consistent, you know, people are consistently inconsistent. So consistency equals outcome. If you're consistently inconsistent, you're never going to move forward. You're always going to take two steps forward, three steps backwards. And that's why people don't get the results. You know, what's really funny is you hypnotized me uh, at the event to essentially not allow my mind to go into negativity. And what I'm noticing is it's actually going to be a third time I've asked you this question. And I think we're just going to skip it. Just ask it. The question was what happened at the Mexican restaurant? You started the story. And then you went back into positivity because <laughs> the story is kind of a dark moment, right? Yeah. Your brain won't even let you touch it. Yeah, I, I can't stay negative. <laughs> like, like, my, like I'm allergic to negativity. Anytime I have like a girlfriend and she's sad I, or she'll cry, I'll literally look at her and be like, shut the fuck up. Like, get, get out. She'll be like, what? She'll stop crying. She'll never cry again. People yeah. are like, wait, why did you, why are you so mean to her? Because I'm not rewarding the behavior. So her yeah. brain goes, oh, I'm not going to cry anymore. And then yeah. she'll never be sad again. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm like, oh, I love you. Oh, she'll cry all day and I'll sit there in some bullshit negativity. And then, you know, people are like, well, that's not right. Yeah. Cause you like trauma bonding. Mm. Yeah. Are you single? You're probably single. Mm. I, I bet you're single. And I bet you can't hold down a relationship if you're like, well, I want to be cared for. No, you want someone who puts you in your fucking place and tells you don't cry. And if you're a man and that's your attitude, oh, let me go be depressed and let me be saved. No woman wants to save a man. She's never going to come in there and be like, let me go save this man. You know who they want to save? They want to save the guy who's already not depressed, who's an asshole. You know, they'd rather be with that guy. And again, I don't know why you want a guy who's sitting there doing drugs and he's a loser and you're like, ah, I'm in love. It's like, that's what you resonate with. You know, but then again, 
That's not everyone, but mm. a lot of a lot of women will date garbage. A lot of men will date garbage, you know, and mm. that's what they resonate with. I don't. I have a super high standard. People are like, well, if you're so good at relationships, why are you single? It's exactly why I'm single, because I have a high standard. Mm. I'm not gonna get anything less. I will be dehydrated unless I drink out of glass. You think mm. I'm just gonna? If the the thing that I need the most, which is water to survive, if I'm gonna be super picky about that, you think I'm not gonna be picky about who I'm gonna let into my life? Mm. You know, if they don't get, if they're into drugs. If they're depressed, if they're unhappy, if they're, if they're toxic, like, you know, what happened before this podcast? What, what went down? You know, what was I showing you? Uh, yeah. A, a girl that you're talking to who, uh, basically was texting you a little bit like shit. And what yeah. happened? You did not reward it. I think you called her a bitch. Yeah. I said you're a bitch <laughs> and I muted her messages and I'm like, that's it. I'm not going to see your stuff anymore for at least two weeks. Yeah. You know, and it's not my girlfriend. Like there's, there's no exclusivity there. It's just at the end of the day, you know, People rush into things because they're insecure. Like I remember when I was younger, I would make a girl my girlfriend within a week because mm. I didn't want her to get with anyone else. Deep down, that's what my fear was. Mm. But the rationale consciously was, oh, I'm in love with her. Mm. I wasn't in love with her. I just didn't want her to be with someone else because mm. I'm like, well, if I end up dating her and then I find out she's with someone else, that would be a lot worse than just if I end up dating her and it doesn't work out. Mm. So I'd end up getting in all these relationships and waste my time, mm. you know, and I'd waste their time, unfortunately. And, I, and, you know, it just wasn't fair to either one of us. So a lot of people have these patterns that linger inside of them and they're not aware of them. You know, it, but the biggest thing I'll tell you is this. I hate depression. I hate negativity. I hate all that. You know, people have the wrong knowledge around it. Depression is not a normal behavior. It's not a healthy behavior. It's a behavior people have because they sit there and they go, who's going to give me attention? Who's going to give me love? Well, a baby did what to get love? Mm. Get sad. It would cry. So your parents come give you love. You're not a fucking baby anymore. So don't act like a baby. Mm. You know, don't reward that behavior. I think a lot of people reward that get rewarded for being depressed, especially now. If you look at society, everyone's like, oh, it's good to be a victim. No, it's not. You know why? Because when you're a victim, you disempower yourself. You give up all the control you have and you give it to your environment. I can't control my environment. If I look at my environment, and I say, look, look how fucked up this is. Look at what this person did to me. Look at what happened here. I can't control that. And therefore, when I become a victim, I no longer have control over how I feel. And I've disempowered myself. I've told myself that I can no longer create the life I want to create because of what happens around me. And that's really unfortunate circumstances. I don't like those circumstances. And I think if you want to play the odds, you have to say, I do not care what happens around me. I understand I'm a human being. It's not like I don't get sad. I don't feel emotions, but I don't stay there. People live there. Even when they have no reason to be sad, they'll be sad. And there are people who have every reason to be sad and they're not, mm. you know, I have friends with no, no legs and they're not sad. You know, I have friends with everything, you know, born to billionaire families and they're depressed. No purpose. Mm. You know, it's not about money making you happy or sad. It's just about who the person is deep down. And that's what will come out throughout their life. Someone who's depressed, because I know you've you've hypnotized uh, in an instant to make people not depressed. Yeah. How can someone watching this do that? How can they just not be depressed? Stop being a bitch. Literally. Like you are sitting there being depressed because you want someone to come to you and save you and give you love and give you affection. When it doesn't happen, what happens? You get more depressed or you get more sad. What happens when your girlfriend is crying or someone you know is crying and you go, oh, what's wrong? Do they stop crying? Mm -mm. They cry more because you just rewarded the behavior. and Their brain goes, yes, 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 yes. Cry more. Mm. Fuck no. Someone around me is crying. I'll go, why are you crying? Stop. Go. Go cry over there. Get out. You're so mean. Get the fuck out. Come back when you're happy. You know, mm. don't, don't see me when you're miserable. Mm. You, want, you want someone to go be your caretaker? Go talk to them. When you're happy, come spend time with me. 
right? And, and that's the truth. Like these girls have, especially if they're dating me, I treat them like a princess. Like you say, well, that's not treating her like a princess. Yeah, when she's depressed, she's not a princess. She's got to go. <laughs> when mm. she's happy, she's a princess. I'll take her. I'll take care of her. She won't have to worry about money, anything. I, I'll give her all the love in the world, all the attention, all the affection. She'll be with me all the time. She'd be here on this podcast right now, mm. you know? But at the end of the day, I can't be around those emotions because one, your environment is super important. And if you're around that, it affects you. Mm. When you're depressed, you're not productive. You don't want to get up. You don't want to take action. You don't want to move. You don't want to make money. And a lot of people call me and their life is on the line. There are serious people that call me. I can't be around depression. I cannot have a bad mindset. I mm. need to be always, I always have to be on point. When people come to me and they pay me a million dollars, I do not sit there and go, oh, you know, I had a bad day, bro. <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> you know, like, that's good. It doesn't make that's sense. Good. So I can't be around someone who's depressed. <laughs> You know, like at seminars, fine. You're depressed. Come, I'll fix it. Every time you even think about the word depression, you'll laugh your ass off. That's why I hypnotize people on stage. Every time they even think about depression, they're just laughing. Mm. At a seminar in San Francisco, this guy raises his hand. He comes on stage. I didn't even know what to expect. It was for a different demonstration. And the way this goes is he goes, I'm suicidal. And the only reason I haven't killed myself is because I love my parents. And I go, huh? Really? He goes, yeah. I'm like, guys, round of applause. He's suicidal. So the whole room starts giving a round of applause and he's confused. He starts laughing. And I'm like, no, no don't laugh. You're depressed. Come on. Go back to the depression. He starts mm. laughing more. And then, you know, my like, guys, he's laughing. What the fuck? You know, why are you laughing? Aren't you depressed? He mm. starts cracking up. Anyways, by the end of it, every time he thought about the word depression, he just laughs. Literally, he just, we'd, I'd be given a seminar and he'd randomly start bursting into laughter in the audience. And the whole room would start laughing because he, his brain's like, I don't understand. I can't get depressed. Like, I'm fucking trying, but I can't. Yeah. You know, it's just so easy to rewire the brain. People are sitting there like, I'm depressed. No, you're not. You know, they did a study with antidepressants. Mm. 90% of all antidepressants have no significant difference uh, as opposed to a test group with placebo. So placebo, the belief that they're not going to be depressed anymore, mm. is pretty much as powerful in 9 out of 10 people as it would be if you were taking antidepressants. Except the only difference is you're not chemically imbalancing and fucking up your brain. Mm. So, you know. Is there any limit to hypnosis? No. Because I know, well, I know that, you know, you've had some clients that were sick with cancer, for example. And... There's no limit to the mind okay. with hypnosis. Mm. There are obviously limits to the body and there are limits physically, but there's no limit to what you could do with mind. I can make you think you're on the moon. I can make you believe you're Elvis. I can make you believe you're you when you were three years old and make you go back to a three-year-old and that's all that's in your mind. You're three years old and you don't remember how to talk. You don't remember anything. Barely know how to walk. You know, I can make you drunk. I can make you anything. There's no limits with hypnosis. The limitation lies in, you know, for example, you know, there was a study done, everyone's talking about it on podcast, that if, like, it's, it's actually a big study, and I'm sure you saw it, that if you do a seven-day water fast, there is a 70% or higher chance that you're not going to get cancer in your entire life because apparently the fast destroys all the cells inside of your body. Now, there were studies done with hypnosis where people who had terminal cancer would go in and get hypnotized and somehow come out of it and not have cancer. In my book, I have a best-selling mm. book, I talk about this guy who goes to the doctor and he has these massive tumors. He's terminal. Mm. And the doctor tells him about this new drug and they test it out on him. And they put you know, the drug into him and he has so much faith in the drug because he begs the doctor. The doctor's like, no, I can't do it for you. He's like, no, please give me this drug. He gets the drug. He goes home. He comes back like a week later and the tumors have literally, this is what the doctor said, literally melted away as if snowballs have just melted away. Mm. And anyways, he's healthy, he's fine. He ends up reading up on this article talking about how this drug didn't work and it was just the biggest scam. 
Yeah. His cancer comes back, goes to the doctor. The doctor's like, look, I have even more potent dose. Let me give it to you. Gives it to him. Cancer goes away again. Guy's healthy. He ends up doing more research on this drug. Finds out that the drug is a total hoax and a scam. Cancer comes back, ends up dying. And he had so much power and belief in his own ability to believe that mm. his belief cured his terminal cancer and brought it back and cured, cured it again it and, then, yeah. and brought it back. So your thoughts are incredibly powerful. And I think a lot of people discount how important the mind is. You know, the biggest thing that's discounted, even the medical community, which is ironic because they study this, is the placebo. Mm. Just the doctor's authority. Yeah. He becomes a hypnotist. Yeah. He gives a suggestion that you will now get better with this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's why they have to test it against every drug because they have to see, is it placebo or is it a drug? Because it is such a powerful variable because they understand that the placebo is so impactful, that the belief of the mind is so impactful on, on the healing of the body. And... If your mind can heal your body, what else can it do? You know, I posted an Instagram reel uh, yesterday about this guy who gets in a fight with his girlfriend, goes into his room, and he's in, he's in depression. So he's doing like this test for this new drug, and he ends up being in the placebo group. But he overdoses on 29 of these sugar pills, doesn't know they're sugar pills, almost dies. The girlfriend takes him to the hospital. His blood pressure is so low, he's literally about to die. And they revive him, they fix it, and come to find out after doing some blood work that it was all a sugar pill. And his own belief, it's called the nocebo effect, the opposite of the placebo. His own belief made him sick. So, you know, and that's just health. You know, I've hypnotized someone to have a root canal. Uh, the most painful surgery in the world. You're literally digging into a nerve and pulling it out, which is the most painful surgery. Felt nothing. Blood was way less. The dentist is looking at me. He's like, I've never seen someone bleed so little, recover so quick, have so little inflammation, and make it so smooth. Because they're allergic to anesthesia. So they come to me, and I don't know if you know this, but one in three dentist offices used to have a hypnotist inside of there uh, in the 70s. Literally, one in three. Because a hypnotist would make sure that they could actually undergo some kind of pain or some kind of operation without anesthetics. Because mm. anesthetics are very dangerous. Uh, most people are allergic. But you can literally hypnotize someone to go through surgery. Almost every major surgery in the world has been done with hypnosis. Mm. So if it's that powerful, you can cut someone open, do the most painful surgery in the world, you know, do all this crazy stuff. Why can't you just become a little bit more confident? It's just delusional to think you can't. Mm. I want you to have an idea. Tell me if you're open to it. Go ahead. To hypnotize me right now. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of see it happen. And then at in the hypnotic state or after or whatever, whatever I say to the camera will make everyone watching this podcast uh, an additional certain amount of income. How much do you want to say? Whatever you want. Okay, let's just say $10,000. Okay. Everyone watching this. And then what will happen is whatever I say will make them do that. And then they'll put in the comments the proof, the evidence. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to hypnotize you to hypnotize them pretty much to go make more money. Okay. Yeah, we could. That's the gist. Right? Should we do that or should you? Do you want me to hypnotize them or hypnotize you and them? Well, I think we should do both. We should, because I think it'd be cool if they saw me hypnotized. Yeah. Or maybe. You hypnotize me and them to make more money. And then only, I make more my only money worry. Too my only worry is that they might be driving and they might be skeptical. Ah. And then all of a sudden we say it to them and then they knock out. But I'm going to uh, hypnotize okay. you and then they can watch. And then I can hypnotize them. You know, I have a bunch of friends. Or we resources. could say, don't watch this if you're driving. We can, but most people will be like, well, it's not going to work on me. And then what yeah. happens? Are you in a car accident? <laughs> you know? Okay, maybe we skip it then. Yeah, we, I mean, I'm just telling you, like, I've seen some crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, know? I have too, dude. I have too. Like, I, I'll give you an example. When I was first starting my career, I hypnotized a bunch of my friends in a room. And I told them I have a hypno gun. Every time I shoot this hypno gun, they go to sleep. 
Anyways, I'm hypnotizing someone all the way in the corner over there. And I shoot him with a hypno gun. And four of my friends fall on the ground. And they just saw it in their peripheral. Mm. I had hypnotized them an hour before. And mm -hmm. I just go like this to this guy. And all four of them fall on the ground. And luckily, none of them got hurt. None of them hit their head on anything. But that could have been really, really bad. Imagine yeah. I was driving and I just did something. Like, who knows, right? And I'm like, wow. And I just realized, I'm like, holy shit, I didn't undo that. I didn't, like, it's just a lot of wisdom and experience you go through that you don't think about when you're starting. And when that happened, I realized, yo, I got to be careful, especially mm. when I'm not with the person. Wow. You know? So it's it's just that. All, all my all yeah. my hypnosis audios always tell people, hey, make sure you're not driving, make right. sure you're not doing anything. I'm, I'm, I'm adamant about making sure you're in a safe environment. You're not operating dangerous machinery. Like, everything's good. Just because you never know. Mm. You know, it's not that I'm... On, I'm, I'm down to do it. I just want to make sure that everyone who's watching this is is safe. No, I agree. I don't want this podcast to hurt anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I want the opposite. Yeah. I, I think, uh, okay, yeah, let's let's just, maybe we don't talk about it right now. There was another idea that popped in my head when you were talking about the, you were talking about the, the uh, essentially the material world versus what's uh, immaterial mm -hmm. and, and the effect of like a placebo, right? In my view, the material world is really only 0 0.000000 more zeros 1% of what physical of what reality is the rest is is immaterial and i think that that's the reason thoughts are so powerful everything that we feel and touch feels significant but it's not so we're not and that's why it's so easy to change at the atomic level you're not actually touching anything right uh, atoms are they keep distance and they repel each other. So they actually, there's always space no matter what, you know, but in our perception on a bigger scale, right? We're not in the atomic level. I'm touching things. I'm moving things. I'm picking things up. Right. And the whole point of bringing up this is that when you think about things in a very, very specific way, like you zoom in and you think mm. about it on the smallest scale, it's very hard to see the big picture. Mm. When you zoom out, you become more successful. The more confident someone is, the bigger the picture they think someone who gets hyper-focused on something someone said, on a small detail, on a pimple on their face, on a little thing. Anytime they get hyper-focused on one thing, it's usually because they have a pattern of focus that's insecure, that's not confident. Hmm. When they think big, there's these little things don't bother them. Rejection doesn't bother them. That one pitch that didn't work out, the one time you know they have this debt or this new thing that happens, it doesn't affect them. Because when you think about the big picture and everything's gonna work out the way you want, it doesn't matter what happens because you know no matter what, it's gonna work out. And you're able to stay focused on it. Hmm. The reason people fail and they go into a downward spiral is because instead of focusing on the thing they want, they start to focus on all this other bullshit, like not paying their bills, feeling bad. My girlfriend's going to leave me. Boyfriend's going to cheat on me, whatever. And then they get into a negative state and then they create it. So whatever you focus on really is what your brain and body are going to do to match it. So if I focus on making money, I'm going to get excited because I know I'm going to make money. Now I'm going to get excited, be in a great mood. And I'm more likely to make money. Now I'm going to go study things. I'm going to go put, take action. I'm going to be motivated. I'm going to wake up earlier. I'm going to do all the things that someone who makes more money will probably do. Whereas if I think my life's going to be shit and that's all I see happening, that why, why should I live? Like no one, nothing's going to help me. Well, then I'm going to be in a negative state and I'm not going to produce the outcomes I want. I'm not going to be in the habit of someone who goes to the gym and takes care of themselves. You know, and, and there's no accidents. Like people are like, well, I have a slow metabolism. No, you're just a fat ass. You eat like shit. You know, like. There's no such thing as a slow metabolism. Like a slow metabolism, oh, I have hypothyroidism. Okay, you could take medication for that. You know, it's, it's all about, I always tell people, if you want to change your life and you look at your life right now, you're broke, you're fat, you're unhappy, you're single, there's a reason. There is a reason that you are this way. You know, someone's like, well, why are you And it stems from belief and it's thought. All your, all your beliefs create your feelings. 
and your feelings create your beliefs. You know, when you're sad, you believe bad things. When you're happy, you believe good things. If you just change your state once, you listen to a song you like, bam, your beliefs change for the whole night, for the whole day. Go out on a walk, go to the gym, bam, you just change your beliefs. Hang out with someone you're in love with, bam, you just change your beliefs. But if you sit there and you go into the strategy and the pattern of depression and you know negativity, I mean, good luck. Good luck. It's not gonna it's not gonna take you anywhere. Hmm. Pattern interrupt. Let's see. Um we this is good. This has been good. Thanks Potent. for having me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I, I, it was funny. I was thinking about that. You said, let's be done by two. And I was thinking, uh, well, we might need more time. And then I was like, wait a second. No, Marcel can change someone's life in 30 seconds. It doesn't need to be a long podcast. It could be yeah. a short, it could be, it could stop here. You know, yeah. um, we discussed confidence. We discussed making more money. We discussed, um, we discussed relationships. Let's talk about relationships a little more. How does someone find a life partner? Your values have to align. So let me specify what, if you want to find a life partner, you have to find someone who has the same values as you. You value spending time with the other person. They have to value spending time with you. You value, you value someone who, who really takes care of the home, who's cook, who values cooking, values a clean place, values nurturing their husband. Or if you're a woman, you value a man who's working hard. He's going to bring food on the table. He's going to make sure that he's giving you a certain lifestyle. Your values have to align with what you internally value. Mm. I value personal development. I value growth. I value time. I value really, really grinding and like getting, getting the results. I value intellect. I, val I value knowledge, connection, friendship. So if I meet someone who values partying, values going out, values drugs, values you know, uh, selfishness, values someone who chases them, they're not going to align with me. And I'm not going to align with them. And I could sit there and I could try and be like, well, they have two out of ten and try and fit them into a box and ultimately, you know, try and change them, then they're going to feel like they've lost themselves. And then all of a sudden it's going to end anyways, because they're okay. going to snap back. A pause there. So you say that hypnotism has no limit. Let's say someone listening to this married for five years, has a few kids and you know, their, their wife, and I'm going to flip this too, Yeah. but their man listening to this, their wife, uh, has a few habits that he doesn't like, you know, she's a smoker. She maybe likes to go out with her friends a little more often than he likes. She's a little disagreeable. How can a man hypnotize his wife to be more submissive, to be more loving, to quit cigarettes, to get in the gym, to do all these things? Plan her biggest fear. She's not, she has no reason to change. You know, I always tell people, if you want to make more money, go do it. They're like, well, I can't. Okay, well, if someone you really love's life depended on it, the person you love the most, your kid, your mom, your dad, your lover, their life depended on you making an extra hundred thousand dollars this month. Would you do it? My whole, every time I ask a seminar, every hand goes up. They would. It's not that you can't, it's that you don't have a reason. They don't have a reason to change. So what's their biggest fear? Probably the loss of you. You have a woman who has three kids. She's dependent on you. If you leave her, who's going to go marry her as happily and as easily? So you're telling her, I want you to go be healthy. Okay, cool. Now let's say she has more leverage. She's single. She's beautiful you know, and she can have anyone she wants. Then maybe she doesn't align with you. But if you already have made the commitment to be with this person, or maybe they were good at the beginning and they stopped, they changed, then you can come from a place of love, be like, hey, let's go do this. And if it doesn't work, then tell them like, no worries. Mm. But I'm not going to stay here because life is short and I don't think you should sit there in misery for nothing. 
So it's really self-confidence is how you make people change. You got to have the abundance to know that you can walk away from anything, mm. anytime, but don't do it out of insecurity, right? Like a narcissist will love bomb you and be like, oh, you're not going to do everything I tell you because I'm the best thing in the world. Like you got to have understanding, mm. you know, maybe she's tired. Maybe she's sick. Maybe she goes home. Maybe she works all day and that's why she doesn't want to go to the gym. Like, mm. can you help compromise? Can you help her out? Like mm. there's ways to understand this, but assuming that, you know, everything is there for her mm. and she doesn't want to go to the gym or doesn't want to get healthier and doesn't want a better habit. And you want to spend your whole life with her and you don't want to see her just drinking, you know, I don't know, soda or doing drugs or alcohol all day, you know, wine mm. and you don't like it. Well, fine. But at the end of the day, you know, I've had girlfriends where I tell them I don't like vaping. And mm. they just go vape in the bathroom, mm. you know, and try and hide it from me. I think that a lot of this as well can be placed on the husband because, and, you know, being vulnerable here, like uh, there's some things in my relationship that I haven't been really happy about in the last year that, you know, my uh, partner does. And I went to the, your event, yeah. you hypnotized me. One of the things I said was, I, you know, I want, I want my relationship to feel aligned. You know, I don't want to feel this resistance resistance and like yeah. uh stress from it and after the event actually the, it was the first day this change happened um i just decided like i'm not i'm not going to be the source of an argument ever yeah and what happened the first day i don't know even know if i told you this you first the uh, first day i got back to the uh hotel room and like one thing for me is like you know i want my partner to take care of her body more and I think it might have been the first time because normally when I when I walk back and you know I see my girlfriend sitting on the couch or something, I en I'm energetically communicating to her like the fuck are you doing, <laughs> you know? I'm like get out of bed, go like go do something, you know? But I was like, it was actually on the day of the event, I, I wasn't allowed to speak, so uh, I didn't say anything, and I also had let go, and I I released my energetic and even you know sometimes I might say something to her like have you done anything today? You know, like passive aggressive. Yeah. I just didn't say anything. And I, I honestly didn't care within five minutes of going back to the room and seeing her. She goes, Hey, um, you want to go to the gym? <laughs> Year and a half. That never happened. You never tried a different strategy. I never tried to not do anything. I was, I was causing the pain myself. So, so on the flip side, actually, you know, I'll, let you comment on that. Yeah. Well, here's my comment on it. Oftentimes we try to force things yeah. and it, it won't work. Right. Mm. But she knows what you want. She's not stupid. Mm. She's sharp. I've met her. She's very, 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 very smart. She knows exactly what you like. Mm. She knows exactly what you want, mm. but you haven't given her a reason to change for you mm. because as long as you continue to argue with her, she feels like it's fine. Yeah. Right. Second you stop is when a girl changes. Mm. You know, if you're a man and you're sitting there and you're trying to change your woman, stop. <laughs> I tell him like, look, you know yeah. what I like. Like I have a, an ex and I broke up with her because she started acting not right. After I broke up with her, she started doing drugs and I saw her again, didn't know she was doing drugs and she did drugs in front of me. She knows I hate drugs and I left and then she dyed her hair a different color and like just, you know, got anorexic, did all this crazy shit. And I'm like, wow. And I saw her and I was shocked and I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I love you, but I'm not going to be with you. Like, I, you know, I care about you, but I, I, I'm not gonna be with you since then. She's come back to herself, dyed her hair back a different color, sobered up, right? And even if it's not for me, I'm, I'm happy she's doing it because I think her motivation is me because she knows this is what I would accept. And I think that it's in their wiring like to be better for someone who sets a higher standard. Like, I'm not, like if you just stay there anyways and you know that you're going to give them the same affection and attention, there's no reason to change. The second they start to lose you, 
then there's a reason to go make more money. There's a reason to go become more loving. There's a, there's a reason for it, right? Like if I'm not going to make my bills, there's a reason to go make more money. Mm. If I'm not going to get the love I was looking for, there's a reason to get better. Mm. So give them the reasons. They mm. need a reason. Sometimes their life is so good. It's boring. They need mm. something to, to piss you off with, you know, mm. like, like you're so successful, like they're spoiled. It's mm. like literally like you're their dad, you know, mm. you've given them the whole life. They don't have to worry about anything. They're down to be a team member. Really life is good, mm. you know? So if you make life a little bit more stressful, give them a little bit of a reason to kind of put a fire under their ass and, and go take action. So a woman listening to this on the flip side here, how does she hypnotize her man to make more money? <laughs> um, she literally takes her shirt off and says, go make more money for me. <laughs> how does she hypnotize him to overall be a better man? Maybe he does make a lot of money, be but nice he doesn't give her time. Be nice to him. If you want your man to be better, be nice to your man. Don't emasculate him. Like most women are like, they're like, let me talk shit to this guy. You think that's going to make him want to be with you? You know, this girl here could have easily made me fall in love with her. Actually, almost every girl I'm with can make me fall in love with them. All they got to yeah, do is tell me, yeah. you're the best guy I've ever been with. I love you. You're great. Compliment me. Uh, admire me. You know, appreciate me. But they go, mm, I don't want to make his ego bigger. I'm not a woman. That's what, You don't do that to a woman. Like my rule with women is you don't compliment women. You don't. You don't compliment them until they're in love with you. You don't. You don't. You, you don't even kiss them. Like, you know, I would sleep with a girl before I kiss her. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you kiss her, you validate her. I, well, I'm not going to validate you. First, give me what I want, and then I know I'm going to stick around. I know I'm going to reward that behavior. I'm not an idiot. You give me what I want, I'm going to reward it. Mm. But I'm going to give you what you supposedly want, which is love, affection, compliments, kisses, and then you're not going to reward it? Mm. Fuck no. Let me have the leverage. Let me have control. I'm in abundance, and it's not good for everyone. Most mm. girls don't like it, but I don't care. Mm. I do what's good for me. And they do what's good for them most of the time. So when a girl sits there and she's like talking to a man, she's like, ah, oh, you're such a bitch. You know, we're going to do it my way or the highway. It's like, okay, if you're going to be a man, you want to act like a man, go date a, go date a bitch. You want to be with a man. That's not how you act. You got to like, no girl is going to come to me and tell me this is what we're doing today. This is what's happening. Oh yeah. That's what we're doing. Mm. Cool. Mm. Not with me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. There's just gonna yeah. be another girl here in 10 minutes. Yeah. She's just going to replace you. Mm -hmm. You know, and not out of arrogance, not out of, not out of being an asshole, just genuinely out of, I'm not gonna waste my fucking time. Mm. You know, I lose 10 bucks here. I'll go make 20 bucks over there. I mm -hmm. lose a girl. I don't like, like that's treating me not nice. I'll get 10 that treat me well. You know, like you have to realize the top 1% of men have abundance. Women don't know that. And if you want a guy in the top, you know what they also don't realize is that mm -hmm. social media and dating apps have equalized the sexual market dating pool massively. Massively. Yeah. I think women also have a lot more abundance, but you know, that guy DMing you in India, telling you he wants to marry you. Yeah, cool. You got 500 DMs like that. You don't yeah. want them. Yeah. You know, how many guys are you going to find like me or like you? Mm -hmm. 25, 26, crushing it, confident, sober, healthy, attractive, charming, loving. I would almost argue that that traditional red pill sexual market value curve is like converging and possibly shifting. Yeah, you know, with, so, with social media, because a, a man who even is making five thousand dollars a month, ten a month, and the potential that he has long term, and if he has confidence, he has unlimited access. I think he could have unlimited access. Most men don't know that, so yeah. because it's unrealized, it doesn't matter. Like, mm. does Bitcoin is Bitcoin actually worth a million dollars? Yeah, but is it realized? No, so it's not a million dollars. Mm. And I think that a lot of men haven't realized the value. If anything, the opposite trend is happening which is inflating uh the female abundance as opposed to the male abundance because men are becoming more and more desperate mm. and women are becoming more and more picky mm. and 
then you get the occasional guy who's confident, which is very rare. And then now you have the, the tides that have shifted a little bit, right? So if a girl, you know, a lot of these women are used to men chasing them, dying over them, regretting it, eating their heart out. I've never eaten my heart out of a girl. I've never regretted it. I've never sat there and thought and reminisced, oh, wow, what if? Like, I've been heartbroken, but I'm not going to sit there and dread it. If it ended, it ended because it wasn't good. I didn't fuck it up. I'm not going to fuck it up. I'm, I'm not dumb, so I know my behavior, and I, I'm so aware of it. I know my decisions aren't going to fuck it up. If it ends, it's because they fucked it up. Mm. Therefore, they're going to regret it, not me, and there'll be another girl. You know, I'm 25. I'm only getting more abundant. Like, I thought, you know, at 17, I was abundant. At 18, at 19, at 20, at 22. I'm 25 and I have more abundance and it's like, it's almost to the point where it's become a headache, you know? And I would say to women, you know, your goal shouldn't go be to make millions of dollars. Your goal should be, if you're younger, go get a family. That's going to fulfill you. Biologically, that's going to give you the most positive emotions in the world. There's an emotion that women have when they have an orgasm and there's an emotion women have when they have a kid. And that chemical that's released in their brain only happens when they can have an orgasm and a woman can only have an orgasm with a guy she views as an alpha because an alpha will get her mind and not in a typical term like all these red pill guys they're fucking bitches all right i'm not gonna lie to you they'll do drugs they're alcoholics they're all angry they're they're they're, they're women haters like fuck them like they're not they're all broke too you know mm. like all these red pill guys they don't even know what they're talking about. Like, let me see them walk up to a girl and get her number. None of them even have the balls to do that. Mm. You know, they're just, they sit behind a fucking mic and talk shit because it makes them feel like the man and all these other pussies, you know, sit there and talk shit with them and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's go make fun of like very low IQ women, you know, represent mm. less than 1% of the population of women, mm. you know? And anyways, here's the point. There's, there is so much more value in understanding what your biological needs are and what makes you feel the best that I would argue, don't go for what you've been conditioned to believe for the last 20, 30, 40 years, go for what you've been, you've literally evolved to feel. And you know, when a woman has an orgasm with a guy, it's because she views him as a guy of extreme value. He's quieted her mind. You know, normally when a girl's sleeping with you, she's thinking, do I look good? What's he thinking? Is it going to end? Oh my God. It's a, you know, whatever. And if she could just sit there and just be in the moment mm. and engaged and present, then she's going to fall for you, right? And it's not that sex is important. It's that the idea of her being present with you is important. Women want to know that the- Safe, secure, relaxed. Yeah, they want to feel that way. They want to feel accepted. They want to feel, you know, and mo all these men sitting there judging women. Do you think a girl's going to want to be relaxed with you when you sit there and you judge her all day long? Mm. What are they thinking? What are you doing? You're insecure. That's why you're doing it. You know, and all these guys that sit there and act like they have all these girls, they don't. You know, you want to act like all intellectual and outsmart them for what? What, you feel like a big man now? You know, at the end of the day, like, why don't you sit there and educate these women? Tell them, hey, let's, let me show you how to have a family. Don't be like, oh, what's your body count? Who gives a fuck? She can't go back in time. Just tell her, hey, look, deep down, wouldn't you want to have the love of your life? Wouldn't you want to have family? Wouldn't you want to have kids? Like, wouldn't you want to have a man who takes care of you and loves you? Yes, you would. It's not even like, I, what I'm saying isn't even that controversial. Like, this, is, this has been the tradition for thousands of years. It just suddenly has changed you know, in the last 10 years. And everyone's like, oh, this is crazy. I want to be an independent woman. No, you don't. Mm. No, you don't. You don't want this. Route. I don't like, I, I wish I would go back to being a kid where I didn't have to worry about paying my bills. I didn't have to worry about work. You know, the stress of, of work and take care of yourself is not pleasurable. Like, wouldn't you rather just have everything taken care of for you? Enjoy everything. You have a good time. You have fun with your friends. Of course you would. Now, there are some women who are entrepreneurs and they're more entrepreneurial and that's fine. Some women have a job and that's fine. 
But at the end of the day, don't discount love. You should still value love. You should value that romant, you know, romanticized lifestyle uh, with the right man. Now, if you don't find the right guy, you're either looking in the wrong place or you're not making the right guy want to come to you because you're maybe pushing him off. Like there are women who pretend to be extremely promiscuous or they're not mm -hmm. even promiscuous. They just act like it or they, they pretend to be super masculine or they talk shit like this girl is really nice. The one I was talking to and now she's being a bitch. Mm -hmm. Cool. Like you just turned me off. Like I'm not going to date a girl like this. Like I'm going to see, oh, you're unstable. Like you could be like this in a relationship. I'm not interested. You know, it's like, why, why are you fucking it up? Like, why are you so bored? If you're bored, go start a fight with your girlfriend. Don't talk to the guy that you're interested in. Don't mm. ruin it. Mm. What a delusional thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Silly. What do you think about people who grew up in a really, not necessarily broken home, but most people have. Be around a healthier environment and be around healthier people. Don't be around people yeah. you relate to because people you relate to are garbage. They yeah. have a garbage mindset and they're going to be in a bad environment. I grew up in a great home. Therefore, I have a great mindset. And I've seen a lot of people who were in broken homes come around my environment and become amazing. And I think that if you want to have a better program in your brain, you need a better model for what you have. Most people sit there and they have a you know, bad model. Go ahead. On that note, yeah. I have a call to action for everyone watching. Guys, I want you to go to Marcel's Instagram. At, that's at M-A-R-C-Z-E-L-L -L, mm -hmm. uh, or Instagram.com slash Marcel. And I want you to direct message him the words mindset design. And when you message it, he's going to respond and you're going to, what, what well, can you we'll, give them? We'll, we'll give you a free gift. So I'm, I'm going to give okay. them access to my telegram group. So you get early access to a bunch of stuff. There's a sick hypnosis audio in there for free. I'm going to give it to you. Uh, I also give you access to an audio called dominate your day. Mm -hmm. You know, I made this for my one-on-one -on -one clients a few years ago and they listen to it every day and it just makes them confident, hypnotize them to be motivated, makes them rich. Um, and on top of that, I'll give you access to something called a simple course, a free course of mine, 10 out of 10 amazing. I could charge 5k for it. I'll give it to you for free. Okay. So I want you to do that. And then the second thing I want you to do is to go to uh, my Instagram, which is A-R-L-I-N, and message me the words Try Maxi. If you message me the words Try Maxi, you're going to get a $1 trial for my program Maxi, which is going to feature the second part of this podcast, which is not available anywhere else, but you can watch it for a dollar. And in this podcast, we're going to ask Marcel the questions that make up his mindset. And when you watch this podcast and you interact with Maxi, you're going to have 30 days to, to do it for just a dollar. Um, you're going to be able to start downloading this abundance mindset that Marcel has been demonstrating for you guys in the last hour. So go to Marcel, message him the words hypnosis, or the word hypnosis. Sorry, go to Marcel's mindset Instagram, design, message yeah. mindset design. Go to my Instagram, message me, try Maxi. And uh, that's it for this part of the podcast, guys. Go do that right now. Yep. Okay, so Marcel's Instagram, then go to my Instagram. And when you go to my Instagram and his Instagram, just give, give some feedback on the podcast too. How did you like it? Um, and what action are you going to take? Uh, aside from A, getting all access to Marcel's stuff and then uh, getting access to Maxi, what else is changing your life? Keep us updated. We want to hear how this podcast has changed millions of lives. And uh, that's it. Any last words before we hop yeah, into we'll the next one? Yeah, we'll see you one? in the second part. For those of you that won't make it to the second part, you know, it was, it was awesome that you got to this point. And, you know, really, I would subscribe to Arlen. Make sure you're following him. He's probably got one of the best mindsets of any human being I've ever met. And I've worked with some of the most incredible people. So he's going to be a billionaire. I, I'm betting on it. So, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, for all of you that are watching, I mean, I'm excited to see your journey and, and keep following Arlen. All right. Thank you, Marcel. Awesome. Part two. Let's go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to just go to the restroom and, uh, yeah. <laughs>